This is Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path. I'm Molly Dyer. The original date of this podcast is May 27th, 2020. If you're listening, I hope you're safe, healthy, keeping entertained, and staving off the cabin fever while staying at home during this quarantine. Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path is now available on iHeartRadio. It's also available on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. And it's available right here on Anchor. Listen on your phone or on your laptop's web browser. Today's topic is Appalachian Superstitions. I hope to delve deeper and deeper into the American conjure and granny magic traditions of Appalachia. It's the basis for my path as an arcane poisoner. But today, I'm just going to talk about the superstitions. And you'll probably notice that these Appalachian superstitions might be the same superstitions you've heard or held, regardless of your path, current or past. But these things very often cross paths. Superstitions, sometimes called old wives' tales or folklore, are a belief or practice resulting from ignorance, fear of the unknown, trust in magic or chance, or a false conception of causation, according to Merriam-Webster. I could take exception to the part about ignorance, but I'm well aware that many of, probably most of, the things I believe in are widely considered false anyway, so who cares? And that is me, an Aries, trying to sound like I don't give a shit what people think about me. However you feel about superstition, if you're listening to my podcast about witchcraft, you're either superstitious yourself or at least open to the idea of other people being allowed to hold superstitions. Or you're a dirty troll, in which case, hello there, fucko, eat shit, go lick a door handle at a Walmart. But if you're the former, keep on listening. It doesn't really make me special to have grown up with superstition all around me, even with the suffocating amount of Christian religion I grew up with. Listen to season one, episode 13 of this podcast for a little insight into that. Superstitions in my family, like in most families, I'd imagine, stem from tradition. Somebody, a long time ago, probably broke a mirror right at the beginning of a rough streak that saw a bunch of really terrible shit happen for right around the period of seven years or so. Some poor, unfortunate soul walked beneath a ladder once and a dead body fell on him. Did you know that, by the way? The bad luck part of walking beneath a ladder was that a dead body could fall on you. The story, as I understand it, is that in medieval times, ladders were sometimes leaned up against the gallows to assist in the removal of dead bodies after the hangman had done his duty. You didn't cut the rope. You untied it and you reused it. It's not like they had Amazon Prime back then. So walking under that ladder in that haunted triangle created by the gallows, the ladder, and the platform meant that you could either pick up an unwanted restless spirit or an actual dead body could fall on you. It's plausible that someone 
probably deep in their cups, stumbled through the middle of town while an apprentice hangman was at the top of the gallows ladder to untie the latest victim of the noose, when that victim fell on the drunk dude. Regardless of what actually happened, or the story they told even if it didn't happen, I don't walk under ladders. Most of the time, I don't even remember why I wouldn't, but I don't. And that's superstition. It's the same reason I don't step on a crack. I honestly don't, if I can help it at all. You probably think that's ridiculous. Well, not to brag, but my mom hasn't had a broken back yet, not even once. Coincidence? Probably. But I'm not taking any chances. I'm not a complete asshole. My grandma had a couple of different methods of getting rid of a wart. My favorite, which I never saw her do herself, was this one. You had to pee on a cotton dish rag at high noon. Then you had to carry it outside, walk three times, counterclockwise around the youngest tree in the yard, then bury it on the north side of the tree, stomp on it, turn around, and never think about it again. I asked my grandma, what would happen if you didn't have a tree in your yard? And she said, then I guess you'd just keep having a wart. When I say I never saw my grandmother do this herself, I didn't. I only ever heard of her telling other people to do it themselves. The older I got, the more I suspected that she was just having a good time with someone she probably wanted to screw with a bit. I said she had a couple of methods for wart removal. This was the other one, the one I did see her do herself, several times with my own eyes. Rub a bit of raw potato on a wart. You can throw it into the garden and give it to the earth, or you can cook it in a stew and serve it to someone you don't like. Same thing with a bean. Nobody in my grandma's house ate lima beans. My grandma used to rub a dried lima bean on a wart and cook it in a pot of pinto beans. And she'd always take a container to the neighbors next door. She was good friends with Pam, the woman who lived there, but she hated Pam's drunk, cheating, good-for-nothing husband, Jim. Incidentally, her friend Pam hated pinto beans, but her husband Jim couldn't get enough, and my grandma made them just the way he liked them. And they always had a cooked, mashed, lima bean mixed in. Nobody but my grandma would ever know it was even in there. And Jim, that drunk, cheating, good-for-nothing, always had warts on his hands. Growing up, I was very aware of some pretty visible birthmarks I had. The lore in my family from my grandma was that my mother had been startled while she was carrying me, and when startled, touched herself in the places I had birthmarks. I could never figure out why my mother would have grabbed the back of her own head when startled, but I believed it. At least I believed it then. But it was something my grandma warned every pregnant woman of that crossed her path. If you get startled, keep your hands off yourself. One of the only superstitions I've never adhered to or put any stock into is the one about never letting a black cat cross your path. I love black cats. Any black cat can cross my path, any path I'm taking, any time. I don't know about you, but black cats are good luck for me. The more black cats, the better. All the black cats. Hashtag witch. 
in all caps. I always wondered what it would have been like to have never known what superstition was. Here's a list of some superstitions I've heard, some that I grew up with, some I still adhere to today, and I may or may not admit to that here. But most of these have a basis at least in current history in Appalachia. I'll start with a couple you've undoubtedly heard before, and if you keep listening to the end, I'll throw in a bonus woo-woo remedy for removing a trick or a curse. Always throw salt over your left shoulder to keep curses away, regardless of if you've spilled the salt or if you've just used the salt. I still do this. I don't have any plans on stopping. Step on a crack. Break your mama's back. It's not just a Devo lyric. And as I mentioned before, my track record here is spotless. You're welcome, Mom. Keep blue glass bottles or jars on your kitchen windowsill to keep away the haints. I've always done this anytime I've had a window in my kitchen. This tradition of keeping blue glass on your windowsill was started by the Gullah people. Maybe you've seen a blue glass bottle tree or someone's porch ceiling painted haint blue, a greenish or teal shade sky blue. Same premise, same superstition. What's a haint? Well, you could say a haint is a ghost, and you'd be right, but only partially. A haint is a spirit, evil or mischievous, or a ghost similar to a poltergeist. It's also described as a restless spirit of the dead who, for reasons only known to them, has not moved on from this plane. However you define haint, they're not fun for most people to live with, hence the diversion tactic on the front porch. Most cultural explanations for painting the porch ceiling haint blue is to confuse the restless spirit into thinking that not only is the blue on the ceiling water, which spirits can't cross, but also they're so turned around that they're upside down. If you're unfamiliar with the shade of blue-green that's called haint, just know that it's a pretty broad spectrum, ranging from a powdery blue with almost no discernible trace of green to bright teal. For an example of one of the shades of haint, which is incidentally my favorite color, this week's artwork should look exactly like all the rest of the episode's artwork. Except this one is haint colored. That's right, this just became an interactive podcast. Forward, on to more superstitions. Always give the first nibble of a freshly baked loaf of bread to the birds to keep your kitchen larders filled. Dreaming of a death means someone will soon announce they're pregnant. Dreaming of a birth means someone will soon pass away. Deaths and births always come in threes. Spinning in a circle before you walk in your front door will confound spirits that may be following you so they won't find their way into your house. If you hear dogs howling at night, death is near for someone you know or love. Never give someone an empty bag, purse, or billfold as a gift. Always put at least a $1 bill into it, so they'll never find themselves without any money. However, if you want someone to struggle, anonymously leave an empty box, wrapped like a gift, on their porch in the night or while they're not home. Spirits can't cross running water. If you're being followed by a ghost, jump in a creek, or wade through a shallow stream. 
Remember that ghosts can travel across a bridge, however, so taking a bridge across water won't free you from the spirit haunting you. Cats and dogs won't willingly enter a room where negative spirits are present. Never cut your hair when the moon is dark or waning unless you don't want it to grow. Always cut your hair on the waxing or full moons. Also, never throw out your hair cuttings. If a bird builds a nest with it, you'll have migraines. Carry a penny in your pocket for prosperity, an acorn for the best of luck, and a square ten-penny nail for protection. If you're sour or bitter and have nothing sweet to say, take a spoonful of honey to sweeten your words. If there's fighting between the adults in the house, brew a pot of strong coffee for anybody that wants some. Never ever walk across a grave. It's really bad luck. It's also just disrespectful and kind of shitty. Hang a horseshoe over the front door for good luck. And hanging a horseshoe in the bedroom will stop nightmares. Speaking of nightmares, drive a nail into the headboard of your bed and they'll go away. If your right hand itches, money will soon be coming in. If your left hand itches, don't scratch it or you'll have to shell out money you won't want to part with instead. If the soles of your feet itch, it means that soon you'll be walking on unfamiliar ground. When you have an unexplained shiver up your spine, that means someone just walked across your grave. That's another reason why you shouldn't do that. If smoke from your fire rises in an upward direction, expect good weather and clear skies. But if it rolls along the ground like a fog or moves sideways, you can expect stormy weather. A ring around the moon means that snow is coming soon. Wind chimes and tinkling bells keep baneful spirits away. A cardinal means a loved one is visiting you from beyond. Dropping silverware on the floor is a sign of unexpected company coming. Same for when a broom falls. Remember Aunt Frances from Practical Magic? Broom fell. Company's coming. Based on existing superstitions. Speaking of existing superstitions and practical magic, keep rosemary by your front door to protect all who enter, and keep lavender by your front door to keep peace within the house and all who dwell there. Cabbage, spinach, greens, or sauerkraut should be eaten on New Year's Day to ensure good luck and prosperity in the coming year. A bayberry candle burned to its socket keeps food in the larder and coin in the pocket, meant to be chanted over a bayberry candle burned on New Year's Day. If your ears are burning, someone's definitely talking about you. It's been my experience that it's never someone saying something good about you either. If both your ears are burning, someone is cursing you. If you dream about a fish, you are or will soon be pregnant. If you're a smoker, you might turn the first cigarette in a freshly opened pack upside down, and you might smoke that one last or never smoke that one at all. You might also call that your lucky cigarette. If you've got a headache that won't go away, crush up some peppermint leaves in your hands, cup your hands over your mouth and nose, and take a few sharp inhales. An ivy or fern planted on your front porch will help keep you protected from hexes or tricks. A blackbird, or a raven or crow, doesn't really matter, on a windowsill is an omen that portends an unexpected death. You have to scare the bird away without using your voice before it caws to keep that someone from dying. No pressure. When you drive by a cemetery, lift up your feet to keep the spirits from becoming angry. Never take something a child says their imaginary friend told them with a grain of salt. Write it down and figure it out. Imaginary friends are almost always 
spirits that only children can see, and they're not always harmless. I mentioned several superstitions that center around someone hexing or working a trick on you. Here's a pro tip that's easy and quick. If you suspect someone has worked a trick on you, fill a quart jar with water you've blessed, two spoons full of white vinegar, and two spoons full of table salt. Mix it for a minute, and while you're doing that, command the water, vinegar, and salt to work for you and to remove any negative energy or tricks or curses, hexes, whatever word you want to use. Set it on a windowsill in your kitchen or in a room you inhabit often, and for me, that's the kitchen. Let it sit there undisturbed. After 24 hours, if it starts to look sort of crystallized, chances are you've got boogers, as my grandma would say. You're going to need to pour this out and make another jar in about three or four days. Keep doing this until the crystallization stops happening. There's your bonus woo-woo. What were some of the superstitions you grew up with? Do you still respect or adhere to those superstitions? Let me know. I'd love to hear. Before I close, I want to mention there's also a GoFundMe account for the memorial services for George Floyd. If you're able to give a few bucks, please do. And may true justice come swiftly for the Minneapolis police officers involved in his murder. And if those motherfuckers' pictures end up in jars across the planet, filled with nails and broken glass and mesquite thorns and piss, well then, I guess, so mote it be. Hashtag, I can't breathe. I produce a brand new podcast every Wednesday, and as always, if you have questions or comments about this or any other episode of this podcast, or if there's a topic you'd like to hear on a future episode, just click that message button on the Anchor app or on the Anchor webpage from your web browser. You might hear yourself on an upcoming podcast. Stay at home, wash your hands, don't touch your face, and under no circumstances should you walk under a ladder. I hope you never hunger, and I hope you never thirst. I'm Molly Dyer. This is Witchcraft Off the Beaten Path.